It's time to explore the unexplained, to delve into the mysteries of our world and the realms beyond, to seek out the answers to phenomena that defy conventional explanation. Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Frazier and Chucky G, where that journey begins. Good evening, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'm your co-host, Chucky G, along with my other co-host, Karen Frazier. We are back, finally. Good evening, yeah, we had, a, we had a week off because Cheryl had an ice storm. <laughs> Darn Cheryl and her ice storms. I know, right? Gosh. God, you know, what the heck? Yeah, so Chuck, I've been dying to know how it's going with the Fibic box. Uh, the Fibic box, as you like to call it, is fine. Um, we did have some... I did say, by, first of all, I did send that um, clip to Jason where it said Dybbuk box. And he's like, yeah. wow, that was crazy. Yeah, and was we, and we, yeah, we did some stuff with like um, uh, a cell phone. We put a cell phone inside the box and then called Sean's phone. And we went outside and sealed the door. And we got a really creepy laugh off of that one. That was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and then you could hear like at one point we were really, really quiet. We were sitting there for like 10 minutes because uh, we did like 13-minute session. And then you hear like, Tap, 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 drag. Like something moved the box. We come in. Of course, the box ain't moved. But the look on Sean's face and then mine when all of a sudden we're like, is it, is it, is it sound like it's moving? We're like, holy crap, because we're the only ones in the house. So that was kind of crazy. Um, I did go over a bunch of pictures. I put one, a couple up on uh, Facebook on In the Dark uh, Investigation site because there was a, I have this tin cup or uh, bucket or whatever that's on this shelf right behind it. And when I was taking pictures, now it's probably just light playing stuff, but it, you look at once and it's kind of like dull with the light on it. The second one looks like there's a face on the side of the bucket, which is kind of crazy because, you know, it could just be, para, you know, pareidolia, whatever, but it, you look at it, and it's like, what the heck? So I figured, well, I'll just put it up and just see what people have to say about it. I haven't really gotten too many um, comments back yet, so I'm just kind of curious what everybody else thinks about it. So, but, I'm uh, looking now. I'm going now. I haven't okay. been on Facebook very That's much. Okay. I've, I've had a busy kind of week. Yeah, well, so. And, and so, yeah, and so, and then I'm going to be, well, I was going to send it back to him next Thursday, but I'm probably going to send it back to him Saturday if I have time, just because I'm afraid that, you know, I don't, if I don't get to it next week, you know, I want to get it back to him right away. So, but it's been a definite, interesting experience while it's been here. So, we've gotten some audio cool. and stuff like that. So, I haven't looked at any of the video yet. So, and there's some other audio we still have to go through, but it was cool. It was cool to have it. I yeah, it. it's, those are interesting pictures, Chuck. Yeah, did you see the one? Mm-hmm. It's like weird because it's like, the 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 bucket is not it's not shiny by any means. I mean, you can see no. there's a handle on the side of it, but yeah. it's and, it, and it, the two pictures are taken like one right after the other. And I do have there's you know the IR light and such, but it's just weird how. Um, and I know that the, the glow is probably from the uh, the cases to the right, you know. But that's not, I'm not talking yeah. about. It's like it looks like an actual <laughs> face, yeah, it looks and like nose a, and a mouth f- and everything. Yeah, yeah, a small face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, looking I right at it. you. And, and I've I gone never through, see like, things in pictures. I, I'm really bad at pictures. So, and I was looking at it going, what the heck? And so, like, I zoomed in, and like, I went through tons and tons of pictures I took, and nothing. That's the only one that really stands out, and it's really crazy looking. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's uh, talk about tonight's guest before we get sure. to the news. Not a problem. Okay, so our tonight's guest is a Miss Teresa Carroll. She's an intuitive counselor, an ordained minister of the Universal Church, a certified BEST practitioner, owner of Living Empowered and Fully, and the author of All Spooked Up. 
How's that cool. for a title, man? We have to get and people she, shorter titles, by the way. Just I'm, I just want to put that. That's right. In. Okay. And she's a lovely person as well. Oh, so. cool. Well, there you go. That, that wasn't on go. my see. That wasn't on my thing to say, but I'm uh, sure. lovely person. Lovely put it person. on there. Okay, that's right. All right. Well, let's rock right into the uh, news, shall we, Cheryl? Uh, you mean Karen? Oh, Cheryl. Is uh, no, I meant Cheryl, but thank you very much. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. That's uh, <laughs> okay. It's been a it's long right. week. I know. We've been off. We're kind of rusty, so we're good. Okay, okay, so check this one out. Here's the first one. And this one has been on Facebook and I think on the like Yahoo and stuff like that. God is female. Okay? Just so you know now. Okay? So all you ladies, you now relax. You now are in charge. Okay? Because a Catholic priest from Massachusetts was officially dead for more than 48 minutes before medics were able to miraculously restart his heart has revealed a shocking revelation that will change every, everything you once believe. The 71-year-old cleric, Father John Michael O'Neill, claims he went to heaven and met God, which he describes as a warm and comforting motherly figure. Uh, Father John Michael O'Neill was rushed to a hospital on January 29th after a major heart attack, but was declared clinically dead soon after arriving. With the aid of a high-tech machine called Lucas II that kept the blood flowing to his brain, doctors at Massachusetts General Hospital managed to unblock vital arteries and return his heart to normal rhythm. The doctors were afraid he would have suffered some brain damage from the incident, but he woke up less than 48 minutes later and seemed to be perfectly recovered. Uh, the elderly claims that he has clear and vivid memories of what had happened to him while he was dead. He describes a strange out-of-body experience, experiencing an intense feeling of unconditional love and acceptance, as well as being surrounded by an overwhelming light. He claims that at the point in his experience, he went to heaven and encountered God, which he describes as a feminine, motherly-like being of light. Her presence was both overwhelming and comforting, states the priest. She had a soft and soothing voice, and her presence was as reassuring as the mother's embrace. The fact that the God is a holy mother instead of a holy father didn't disturb me. She is everything I hoped she would be, and even more. The declarations of the cleric caused quite a stir in the Catholic clergy of the archdiocese over the last few days, causing the archbishops to summon a press conference to try and calm the rumors. Despite the disapproval of, of his superiors, Father O'Neill says that he will continue dedicating his life to God and spreading the word of the Holy Mother. So it kind of shook it up a little bit in the church there, huh? Yeah, God forbid that God should be a chick. <laughs> I mean, I that could be just wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I knew that was coming, folks. <laughs> yeah, it was coming. Hey, so, that was not even a feminist rant. That was just very, uh, uh, that was just a statement. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like, what? who cares? You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know, to me, it's yeah. like that God's God. So what's the difference? You I know? think I think God appears in whatever way one needs God to appear. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So now we move from that very interesting and moving subject to drunken mountain gorilla punches a photographer. Woo! Here we go, folks. All right. So some photographer named Christopher Cloutura was taking images of mountain gorillas in the Rwanda's Volcano National Forest when the group's alpha male charged him. Corte is a pro. He got the shot off of the incoming fist before the punch hit him in the face. He starts the story as he was taking photos of the girl's family on the slopes of the mountains with several clients of his also. He then says, we were almost, we were all focusing on a silverback called, I can't see if I can say this right, a Carrero, the leader of the Kawanda group. 
All members of the family were quite excited on this day due to the cons- all the members of the family, I mean the gorillas, were c- quite excited due to the consumption of eating bamboo stems. Evidently, the apes were reportedly drunk. You see, when gorillas eat bamboo stems, it then ferments in their stomachs, causing their bodies to turn it internally into the essences of their own beer. How do you like that, folks? Now, I, come- I like guys- that. I know how many guys would wish they'd just eat something to turn in the beer. You know, that- there's actually a condition that people, some people have that that's the, that when they eat like grains, they ferment in their stomach and it makes them drunk. There's a, really? a people, yeah, there's a people condition. For well, that. look at that. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. said, suddenly the gorilla who was standing close to us in a flash just ran at me, but couldn't move because he was on his photos taking, you know, on his knees taking the photos. He goes, in less than a second, he was on me and strongly hitting me like a rugby player. I'm not sure where rugby player came into that. With the shock, I felt all his power and weight. I think the gorilla weighed like 500 pounds. Okay, so that's a, that's one big dude whacking you. I've never seen a 500-pound rugby player, but I'm sure I'd be afraid if I saw him anyways. Um, He said, after he no longer cared about me, he pushed me out of the way with his left hand like I was not even there and dashed off into the forest. So (laughs) I I don't... (laughs) You you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the story from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, the lady who had her face ripped off by the chimpanzee on the antidepressants. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it reminds... Apparently, so, so here's what we learn is that uh, members of the ape and monkey family and people too <laughs> react badly to substances like alcohol and antidepressants and other things. I think it would have been funnier if you just said the gorilla was stoned. Yeah, it's, it's smoking the joint. All of a sudden he attacked me. He was smoking the bamboo. Yeah, it's like, what the hell is he doing? Smoking some bamboo. <laughs> so anyways, and then the last one I had was kind of funny because it's Canadian MP blamed too tight underpants for exiting the parliament. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> folks. His pants were just too darn tight. Um, a Canadian Tidy MP. Ladies. Blamed, yeah, yeah, exactly. See, he, he blamed his too tight underpants for leaving parliament in a hurry on Thursday. He, his cut price and it turns out overly tight underpants made it difficult for him to sit through a one by one vote. Uh, the MP, uh, Pat Martin explained, uh, he's a Democratic Party representative, had voted on a, a, a procedural motion, uh, then left his seat for a moment. When the conservative MP asked Deputy Speaker Joe Comerton if a vote still counts if the MP leaves while it's being counted, Martin stood up to offer his explanation. I can blame it on the sale that was down at the Hudson Bay Company. They had men's underwear on for half price. I brought, Because I bought a bunch and that was clearly too small for me, I find it difficult to sit for any length of time. Of course, his butt was in the seat while the vote was still going because you know once they're up and out that it can't count so yes even though the little tidy whities were too tight he was able to have his butt in the seat where the vote went so the vote was still good even though he had tight underwear and so the moral of the story is buy underwear that is the right size don't let vanity get the better of you or you will be very uncomfortable yeah you know, i think i'm a small <laughs> especially if you're gonna vote you know what i mean it's like don't you right, now, now explain something to me wouldn't the guy have known that they were a little tight as he was going to the parliament? I mean, did it just like... Uh, I think he would have known they were tight as he put them on. Thank you. It's like, how I, did it like, take all day to realize, oh, you know what? My, my shenanigans are in a bunch here, so I'm not really sure what's going on, you know? Well, you know, I'm trying to think of... <laughs> no, I just think that when you put something tight on, you know it. But maybe some people... But, you yes. know, there's a there's a really easy solution. Okay. Don't Best wear way. that underwear. Don't. They, hey. You mean just. Commando, no, like, baby. 
<laughs> saying you're going El Natural. There you go, folks. Don't buy underwear at all. You heard it on Paranormal Going Radio. That's there. right, because it might be too tight. There you go. Well, and I don't know. You, that's... Your vote might not count. <laughs> and then you become like um, the oh, other Rob Lowe, you know, from those stupid Rob Lowe commercials <laughs> <laughs> that I hate really bad. Yes, I know. We go from like yeah, where he's like the uh, I'm the good Rablo and I'm the really weird Rablo. Yeah, yeah, those are just it's just I think it's an ill-conceived advertising campaign myself. <laughs> so yes, we went from important stuff about God to tight underwear. Come on, I mean we 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 stretch the boundaries here. We do. Show. We run the gamut. Mm-hmm. So are, are we ready for the the guest tonight? Are we ready to? Do you have questions for? Her? I hope um, so. Probably. I mean, you know, I, 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 here's the thing. You prepare. Yeah. And I don't. And okay. so all I do is, like, I listen to the conversation and I ask questions as we go along are, when I are, think of things. Are you saying you're right? You write on my, my coattails? I'm or? totally riding your coattails. Why do you think I want to do as my partner? <laughs> oh, I see how. See, folks, here I thought I was like, I do a good job. No, no, you're special. Yeah, but, I'm special in which way? You're, Not air you're very special. special. I, you're very special to me, Chuck. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Not short, much. but special. You're special. Thank you. I was just trying to make sure we clarified that. So, is there anything happening? Like we talked about me and the the you like to call it the fibic box. I call it the replica fibic box. But yeah, yeah. is there anything like that's been happening with you lately you want to share? Because we have a few minutes before break. So come on, give it give it up, sister. Oh man, we I spent. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven fourteen. She's thinking. Hang on. 19. I'm doing math. Um, okay. I spent almost 20 hours in the car this last weekend. 20 hours in the car? I mean, Isn't that like, ridiculous? Like driving somewhere? Or? Yeah. So um, my uncle died and his funeral was on Saturday. Well, Tanner wanted to come home for his funeral, but of course it's middle of the quarter, so there was nobody to bring him home. Okay. So we drove over. It's a three and a half hour drive. We drove over on Friday. We picked him up. We brought him home. On Saturday, the funeral was about two and a half hours away from the house. So we drove up to the funeral and drove home. <laughs> and then on wow. Sunday, we drove him back to school. <laughs> All that? Oh, my God. That was our weekend. Both Jim and I are, like, hobbled. We're so... <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, sitting in the car when you're, like, 18 for all that time, that might not be as big of a deal. But when mm-hmm. you get, you know, uh, approaching your 50s, or in Jim's case, in your 50s, that <laughs> starts to hurt. I know. Kind of, It's like... You find out that your extremities don't get quite as much blood as they used to. Like oh, yeah. So. Yeah, and then I came home and I've just been I've been so busy working. That's all I've been doing. So, and you know, you can't really write standing up. What, what do you mean? You can't really write as a writer. I you oh. know, so I have to sit. So oh. I've been working long days sitting after spending all that time in the car. So if I walk, I walk like I'm about 80 right now. <laughs> it's great. Don, I wish we had a visual for the folks uh, that are listening tonight. Really <laughs> Let's take Karen walk around the room and watch how she walks. So, right. yeah, I, I, it threw me off when you said you can't write when you're standing because I'm like, what do you mean write? I'm like, oh, you mean like write as in typing? I can't, right? Yeah, I mean, I, what I, that's what I decided I needed is one of those stand-up desks. They have them. Where, what, where you they, you, yeah, or they have a desk, like, because I use a laptop. So, okay. But they have, like, a desk that um, is on wheels and stuff that mm-hmm. you can raise up. So you can really? sit for part of the time, and then you can stand for part of the time. That's kind of cool. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a writer's podium. 
Yeah, and that's what I need because really the the sitting for long periods of time I can't do it like I used to. I hear you. You know what? We we have to do. We have to do. We have a few minutes here, right? Yeah, we still have some minutes before break. Yeah. Cheryl, I want you to tell us about. Yeah, Cheryl. <laughs> look at like, that look I, on I her eyeballs just pop up. Well, he wants me to talk. Yes, you could talk. I just want to ask you about the ice storm, like the crazy, crazy yeah, ice storm. Come on, you share with us. That we weren't on the air last yeah, week. Yeah, share. About it. Yes, on. it was a crazy, crazy ice storm. Um. Well, we had an ice storm. Um, it was really? bad. <laughs> Very good. There you go, folks. You had it for Cheryl. There That's you all have it. Is. No, but I mean, you know, you had you had to get out of your house. You had to go staying like other locations. Well, okay, and, here's the Because the power's out, right? Yeah, the the ice came through. The snow came through. It knocked down the power all over the place around here, and you know, it got cold. So you know, we don't have a fireplace or any other backup heat or anything like mm-hmm. that. So. We kind of wimped out. All right. I kind of wimped out and we went to a hotel. <laughs> so. She's a California girl through and through. Okay. Right. I, would, I, I mean, wanted to be so warm. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, how long was the power out for? I mean, how, how many? It was out for, hours? I want to say exactly 48 hours. Oh, that's a long time. Um, two days, man. I've never been without power for two days before. But you know what I found out is people are still without power. Now, no. like today from last week. So I well, guess then you we're lucky. We got lucky because we were only down for two full days. So it felt like two full weeks to me, but <laughs> it was, so it was not like, that so bad. So it was like a mini vacation then if you were out like, were you guys a just staycation? Hit- it was a staycation. Um, yeah, we ate out a lot. We um, kind of just. We went to the mall. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Stayed back, warm back at the up. mall. Back, back, stop, stop. stop. What the heck is a staycation? I have never heard he, that. What? Before. You've never heard a staycation? No! This <laughs> must be a West Coast baby. thing, Cheryl. It is. I think it's a West yeah. Coast thing. I've never heard of a staycation. A staycation is like where you um, vacation locally. Really? Uh-huh. To me, that's so, vacation because I can't vacation anywhere. Yeah, it's vacation too. Like, okay, so we have a Great Wolf Lodge uh, near right. us, which is, do you know what those are with the water slides and stuff? It's oh, a big, right. like, family amusement thing. And it's really close. And we took, when the kids were younger, we took them there and stayed. And it's like 10 miles from the house. So that's kind of like a staycation because we didn't go anywhere. So we didn't fly. It's cheaper. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Well, it, no, yeah. that's interesting because I've never heard like staycation. Well, I guess, I, I guess technically, uh, maybe once in my life, other than that, I've never been on a vacation, folks. I've just been on staycations because oh, I'm my, poor. Ain't going my whole, my whole life is a staycation. <laughs> I'm on staycation right now. I was going to say, so am I. I'm in my room, folks. I'm on staycation. That's dun, right. Dun, dun, dun. I'm not yeah. working, so this is staycation. Well, I mean, oh, I know what. Yesterday was what? my 12th wedding anniversary with Jim. There, that's something new. Hey, oh, congratulations. Oh, Everybody congratulate Karen and Jim. Come on, Tiffany. 12 type years. Wow. That's the longest I've ever been married to anyone. <laughs> and trust me, there have been a lot of marriages. So What? What, what are you talking about? Jim's, my third, Jim's my third husband. What? Seriously? Yeah, yeah I got married when I was really eight. young, and he was a cheater. Oh, and then I got married to another guy and he, um, well, he was a pathological liar, but then he decided he was gay, but now he's not again. 
<laughs> oh my lord! So Jim is Jim is really my first good taste in men, is what I'm telling you. I was going to say, how, how's Jim turning out? Good. I mean, it's twelve yeah, years. Yeah, he doesn't cheat on me. He's not a pathological liar. So yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll keep him. Well, I just found a whole bunch of crap out I didn't know about you. I mean, I've only been married twice. I have my one uh, ex. Well, I don't even call her my ex-wife. She's just some woman I was with for five years. But you know, I had a couple kids. But you know, besides that, I've been together now. This year, I think it'd be twenty-nine years. I think. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is this is long for me. <laughs> Twelve years. The first <laughs> Man, one. The first one when I was tw- in my twenties lasted like not even two full years. Because he was a cheater, he actually cheated uh, like right before we got married. So, Are you kidding? Yeah, you married and you get, but you didn't find out, of course, until no, what, I did actually. But the thing is, my parents had spent a bunch. I was really young and stupid. My parents had spent a bunch of money on the wedding, yeah. and I didn't want to like waste all that. And we had a bunch of people coming and stuff, so I married him. And then I realized really quickly that this just isn't because then he cheated with my best friend. It's all true. Yeah. Oh my god! You should write a book about this stuff. No, Forget and Jim. Well, what's really funny is that uh, Jim knew him. Yep. But he didn't know me. Jim knew the cheater guy. Yeah. Hey, did I tell you how Jim and I met? Uh, I'm afraid. The Aerosmith concert. Uh, oh, oh, well, what? So Aer- Jim, yeah. When so when I was between um my first husband and mm-hmm. my second husband, who I married when I was like 26. Okay. Um, I was at an Aerosmith concert. Okay. And um, apparently Jim was at the same concert because we had been married for a few years and we were going to see um, Pearl Jam at the Gorge and, and the Gorge in George Washington. It's called George Washington. How funny is that? Anyway, and it has the Martha in. I'm sorry. I'm okay. scattered. So we were driving and I said to Jim, I said, you know, the last concert I went to was Aerosmith, the Jenny's Got a Gun concert. And he said, oh, my God, I was at that concert, too. And he starts describing this woman who walked by him and flashed him. And I said, I mean, like, lifted her shirt and showed him her boots. And I said, oh, my God, what was she wearing? And he then described exactly what I was wearing and what I looked like at that concert. So that was the first time I met Jim. And then we met at work, like, 15 years ago. And the rest is history. Folks, tonight it is Karen Frazier and How the World Turns. It's like a soap (laughs) opera. Flesh and boobs and uh, what the heck? Wow. I, I have nothing to top that. I guess we're going to break now because I, I have, I I'm have not even close to doing life, any of that. Stuff, no. I have lived life. Man. I slashed a man at an Aerosmith concert. I divorced dudes. <laughs> I have never made out with a chick, though. Oh, thank God. It's on my bucket list. Cheryl, before, oh, before your wedding, I'll be there. <laughs> Cheryl's like uh, totally blushing. No, I'm Cheryl's kidding, like Cheryl. freaking I don't out. Make, I don't want to make out with you. I, I'm so sorry, people, for all this. I'm really sorry. <laughs> all right. Well, we need to go to break because when we come back, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to be talking to Teresa Carroll. You guys are just going to love her. She is. She knows a lot, and she's also just a really nice person. So Cool. Yeah, so stick around. Um, we're going to go to break. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Hey, everyone, it's me, Chucky G, and I'm here with Karen Fraser. We'd like to invite you to join us on Hazy Radio every Thursday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, 10 to midnight Eastern for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark with Karen Fraser and Chucky G. 
We'll be exploring the paranormal and featuring the latest in spiritual and metaphysical topics, as well as interviewing intriguing guests. So please join us every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern for two hours of exciting paranormal radio on hazyradio.com. Hey everybody, this is Rick Hale, host of Common Sense Paranormal. Listen to me on hazyradio.com, Thursday nights, 8 to 9 p.m. Central. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier from Paranormal Underground Radio. I'm here to tell you about my latest book, Pioneer Spirits, Investigating the Haunted Lewis County Historical Museum. In the book, I got together with Patty Valdez, South Sound Paranormal Research. SSPR has actually interacted with the ghosts at the Lewis County Historical Museum for more than seven years, and the experiences that I've had there as a volunteer and paranormal investigator have been significant. So I'm excited to share the story of the ghosts there with you. I hope you'll pick up a copy of Pioneer Spirits so that you too can know what it's like to encounter one of Washington State's most active haunts. This book is available on Amazon.com or you can visit my website at AuthorKarenFraser.com. Sunrise 
Cause when tomorrow comes, this could all be gone. Wish we could stay in this moment forever. Wish we could stay in this moment forever. This is Brian Larkin. You are listening to Chucky G and Karen Frazier, a paranormal underground radio in the dark on the Hey Z Radio Network. The hostesses with the most ghostesses. Yeah. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hey Z Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. We are back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. I'm your host, Chucky G, along with my beautiful and wonderful co-host, Karen Frazier. That was Adam's Attic. The name of the song is Silver Moon. And we have brought a guest with us, Miss Teresa Carroll. Good evening, Teresa. Well, good evening. It's great to be here. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, I have lots of, well, I have lots of questions just because I'm a, <laughs> Chuck always has lots of questions. I ha, I'm just a, I'm a psychic newbie, so, you know, you'll have to bear with me yeah. if I ask silly well, questions. And, and I, I told him, I said that, you know, when you, when I, when I worked with you, that you were so helpful in, in, I can't remember what it was that you were teaching me to see, but it was like the little wavery things where, was it vortexes or something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes between dimensions. Really? Um, Yes. If you think about the human body and how the human body is laid out with different systems, like the skeletal system, the muscular system, the cardiovascular system, our reality that we call the physical reality is the cardiovascular system to a multiverse. We're part of a bigger reality. And when we can find those little places, we would call them in the body the blood barriers where the blood goes through. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we can find those little places, we will find that energy passes from one system to another. And, and things can as well, but don't get spooked up about that because it's, it's pretty <laughs> natural that we've had that going on through our whole life and through mm-hmm. our whole planetary time. So there's nothing harmful that's coming through, but it is, there are doorways. They call them gateways, vortexes, doorways, portals. Mm-hmm all sorts of names, but you can see them. And if you've got one smack dab in the middle of a road, you have cars that go dead at that place all the time. If you have one in your house, it drains the energy, and you'll see all sorts of phenomena happening. Now, how do you, I mean, how do you, like, I'm a paranormal investigator. So if I were going to a a particular area, and I was trying to see if there was a vortex or a portal, because that's what usually I call as portals, how would I know how to find one, or how would I know how to read if there was one there? Well, being a sensitive, I normally see it with my eyes, uh, smell like an ozone smell, and sometimes I get a ringing or a sound, 
and then I'll see flashes of light or as I move or if I take smoke, the smoke instead of going in a natural flow will chop up or break up. And my friends who use the technical equipment, like um, they have different boxes that it registers on, often um, uh, an actual compass. The compass will spin or will change directions radically. Uh, there's some other meters and such where the lights will will start flipping and flipping and flipping, and sometimes they'll get complete conversations, but they sound like they're coming out of a foreign language. Interesting, yeah, because I've seen like I saw once on a show where they were using like you said uh, using smoke where it would swirl in the area where the portal would be, and I guess they're using I think they're using like well they were checking out you know just typical data as far as environmental, but they were also using um, I think it was a Geiger counter or something to see if there is uh, radioact not, not not like high radioactivity, but some kind of readings that they were picking up off. That also, I wasn't know if that I didn't know if that was. Uh, a, a, a true thing or not, but uh, I was always interested because, you know, going on investigations, I am psychic, so I, I now kind of pick up on things a little differently, but I still like to, to, you know, do affirmation if I can with equipment, so that's why I was just kind of curious, so. Yeah, uh, I think any way that you can validate it, there's this wonderful place in Port Orchard where you go in and every six inches, the uh, compass point changes a degree. So by the time you've walked a couple of feet, the thing is pointing a complete different direction. It's just, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. And the middle of the building is sitting right in a vortex. And hmm. so you can, you can shift that or you can screen it, but when it's too large, it's, it's very difficult. You're better just to kind of live around it or have it, um, not built there, so to speak. Right, yeah, because I mean, I, I do carry a compass with me on my investigations because I like to do a lot, I like to use a lot of old school uh, things uh, also just to kind of verify, you know, the new tech versus old school. Plus, I'm now I'm using like dowsing rods and such too. So, um, but I just was interested because I had read that you had talked about that somewhere before. And I was just really curious about that. Now, um, you do lots of things. You're a psychic. Medium. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move yeah. on, though, because Bob has a question relating oh, okay. to the compasses. Sure. Okay. He wants to know if a compass on a smartphone will work to find a vortex. Ooh. You know, I'm not a techie person, so I <laughs> Me either. have to answer that question for us. I would okay. th- Well, I would think that if... Um, if there's a compass on the smartphone that works in the same manner as far as magnetism, I don't see why it would not work just the same. You know what I mean? If it's going to read I the same GPS, that is how the compasses on the smartphone worked was via the GPS. Well, the answer, that, well, I don't know. That's how I don't know if it if it's oh. GPS or you know if it actually. Uh, can pick up magnetic readings because I mean I don't know how it would do that because you know being electronic and all, but. Uh, if if it couldn't, I don't know how it would do it GPS wise. You know what I mean? I don't know how would it how would it pick it up? You know, because um, I mean, with a compass, you know, of course you got that, you know, the bare metal to the magnet magnetism. But I'm not really sure about that, Bob. Um, now we were talking like psychic before. You know, I, I missed Bob's question. We were talking about psychic mediums. Um, uh, medical intuitive. I mean, some of these things. Some of them I don't. I understand. Some I don't. So, would it be okay if I kind of picked that some of them and you could kind of explain them to me? Would that be all right? I'd be more than happy to. 
Well, you're awesome. Okay, so first one I'm gonna I'm gonna pick with is medical intuitive. What is what is that? Well, you know the American Medical Association frowns on anybody doing diagnosis. So the first thing I have to say is, if you have any health issues, go consult your your medical professional. But a medical intuitive is someone who is able to really sense what's happening in the body. And one of the things is, is I almost immediately feel someone's pain. I almost immediately can go. It's almost like it registers on me psychically that, wow, this person has a headache or this is, um, uh, the throat is hurting, but it's not, it's not an infection. It's an agitation because they swallowed something that cut into it or they had a procedure where there was something pulled out of the throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just recently had a girlfriend who is having a problem with being extremely dizzy and she's gone to several medical people. And the first time I saw her, I said, well, there's pressure on your brain. It's very short, soft and your blood pressure is up. And it's caused by a virus. And I said, it'll just have to run its course. There's nothing except being comfortable that'll help you with it. So after three or four doctors, the final doctor says, yeah, it seems to be a low-grade virus, which is elevating your blood pressure, and there's no cure for it. Go home and sleep it off. So where do I get that from? I think it's from where we all get it, is if we listen, everything in life talks to us. Everything that has life has energy, and that energy, uh, when we kind of get in the flow of it, we sense and have awarenesses. It's kind of like um, when you smell something, you can say, is that food, is that fire, is that fragrance of some sort? It's After a while, you begin to discern what flower it is, what food it is, whether it's campfire or a big fire. So, Teresa, then I do Reiki, and the way that I know where to do the Reiki is by doing a scan with my hand, and I can actually feel the differences in the energy. Is that a form of medical intuition, or is that something different? I would say you're right on. Um, The chakra system, and it's kind of um, a lot to go into right now, but if we go to the heart chakra, the heart chakra is the transfer point from the lower chakras, which is the physical connection, then the emotional is in the heart, and then above that, the throat, third eye, and crown chakra are spiritual. And so it's kind of, I call it the roundabout in the heart. And where that transition happens, on the physical side, the sense of feeling, the sense of tactile touch and sensuality, the moments when you take that pungent um bite of something in your mouth goes yum and that sensualness that's the physical feeling then on the emotional it's the heartache the tears the joy the elation but on the spiritual side that feeling is that intuitive uh sensing feeling and if you get your hands involved you feel it better that's why I'm always telling my, my students and, and people I'm working with, get your hands out there and just you'll feel it. And it'll register on your nerve endings as if you were touching something. And you might not intellectually know what you're touching, but it's like once you start feeling something, there comes a correlate that says every time I feel this, it reminds me of, and it's 
turned out consistently to be that the person had cancer or consistently meant the person had uh, swollen glands. And after a while, you just feel it and you know what it is. Now, all right, so let's, I want to ask a question as uh, a, uh, a psychic. And I've talked to Karen about this. I've talked to lots of people about this. And I still want to try to understand this a little bit better. Um, and it's the part you were talking about, the listening or the feeling or the, you know, when you meditate to get that uh, information from the side or from your guides or your guardians or whatever you want to call them. How, I mean, how do you really focus and zone in to get the clearest information? I guess is the easiest way for me to ask it. Well, for me, I think it's, um, I do this little, I think everybody has their little ritual. And rituals are not the way to it. They're just reminding you that there's a way and they get you prepared. It's kind of like getting set up so that you're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> and my... Um, my little ritual is I ground in with the earth and then I fill myself with spiritual energy to overfilling. And then I take um, a hook and I hook into the golden ring. And I see coming down from a spiritual place um, divine light into that. And I hook into that. And then every person that I'm working with, I visually see them hooking into it. Now, the reason I do this is I don't want somebody to hook into me and constantly be drawing my energy draining me and this way they connect into the divine then the energy connection comes from a pure source or a pure energy and then it just seems to be more accurate for me okay so you're saying so you're saying to visual you're kind of like visualizing this um i don't know if it's is it like let's say physically is it eyes open eyes closed you know like are you are you, you know, <laughs> give him the dirty I'm, details yeah, is what I'm, he's getting, saying. I'm, I'm trying to get this down to the to the facts you know what i'm saying the nitty-gritty yes normally i sit myself down and i imagine myself in this little chair on the world so there's this big globe of the world with an itsy bitchly little chair and i'm sitting in it and then i Imagine real as if I have a prehensile or a monkey-like tail, and I move that down through the center of the earth, and I wrap it around the rebar that goes through the center of the earth, and lock and load it. Then I bring energy up through my feet, into my knees, into my hips, on up through my chest, out through the palms of my hand, until it's fountaining. And this is earth energy or grounded energy. So it makes me very here and now in the third dimension. And then the next thing I do is I see divine light coming down through the top of my head, which is the crown chakra, and filling me up like I'm an open vessel. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've ever seen baking soda and buttermilk, have you ever seen that combo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it makes good fried chicken. <laughs> it's wonderful. And I see that when the earth energy and the spiritual energy intertwine, it's just this and it explodes around me and creates this auric globe. And that's the first thing I do. Then I just throw, it's kind of like on an airplane where you see those launch lines that the parachutes use. I just throw that out and there's a golden circle. And I clip that circle and I see the divine light coming down through that just pure without anything touching it. And then I just allow whatever awareness to come to come. To me, I don't try to 
ask questions or figure things out. I'm just open, almost like a radio set. Once you're set to the dial, whatever the program is comes through, and you just you just try to keep it on dial and you try not to contaminate it with other noises in the background. Yeah, because that's all, like for me, it's like I, 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 when I talk with the, my friends, whether it's Karen or whatever, or Nancy, or, um, I always, I always have this thing where I'm trying to think too much. So I'm trying to, <laughs> You're like, a like, like, yeah. yeah, like I try to get out there and ask the questions where I should just let myself be open and it'll just come to me. And then I can just relay that to whoever, whether it's the, you know, the person that I'm dealing with. Um, and, and, and do you feel that, uh, doing that, uh, like you know, I don't know, two three times a day, something like that. You know, is that going to help to to strengthen you to be able to connect better? Well, I would say that anything you do a lot, you become good at, and it becomes so automatic. And and as you go through it, you have more experiences that expand your ability to connect. Each okay. person is so individual that what may work for Karen may not work exactly for me. I think the biggest thing is to just ask yourself, what source are you tapping into? Mm -hmm. And for me, I have befriended my ego and, and really encouraged my ego not to try to perform, but rather to be of service to other people, that whatever's in their highest good, regardless of how I feel about it, I need to step back and just say, you know, it's in God's hands. And whatever they need to hear, uh, if they ask, they're going to get whatever comes through me. Okay. And I, I, I find that the information has a pretty high accuracy. Okay. All right, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. It's you know, because to me, it's like thinking, are there exercises, you know, <laughs> or something? You know what I mean? Something that'll help me to to uh, strengthen this. But it sounds to me more like it's more of just allowing myself to be open, allowing my ego and my, or I call it my individuality, to kind of step to the side and just let it happen. You know, let it come forward and have that truth that you want to help others, and it'll work itself out. Yeah, and I I do think that the more you do anything, the the sooner it comes through. Mm. But um, I have an exercise. If you want an exercise, yes, please. I would like that. But I want to give a disclaimer on that before I give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, fine. The disclaimer is this. I've only had one person, which sounds like a challenge, and I, I hope you take the challenge. I've only had one person be successful with it, and when he became successful, he called me up, and he was so angry at me. He said, I didn't know being psychic would let me know so much about people. It's ruined <laughs> everything in my life. Okay. So let me tell you the exercise, and then I'll tell you a little bit more what happened to it. Basically, we have five senses, and all of the psychic phenomena registers on all those five senses, and it's processed through them. But it's just that instead of getting it from the physical reality, we get it from one of those monthly verses or those other systems around us, so to speak. And so if this information is coming through, take one piece of music and preferably not your very favorite. Okay. Just take one piece of music that 
you yellow submarine or something and sit down every day for six days and listen to that music from beginning to end. Now, the first day, you'll pick out one of your senses. Maybe it will be the sense of taste. Close your eyes. Listen to it for the full track time, which is probably three and a half minutes. And while you're listening to it, taste it. Does it? Is it salty? Is it sweet? Is it crisp? Is it chewy? Is it gooey? Is it slimy? What does it taste like? Really get into your taste. Okay. The next day come back and do the same thing but do it with a different sense maybe it smells so you're smelling it is it accurate is it fresh is it outdoorsy is it uh, chemical what does it smell like on the third day another scent maybe um, maybe you're hearing does it sound like a marching band does it sound like birds squawking dogs barking and just the whole track do that one sense a day. Okay. On, on the sixth day, you rotate through the senses. You just start and you start by smelling, tasting, chewing, doing the whole thing all through the, the five senses. On the seventh day, you sit, you do all the senses, and then you ask yourself to perceive all at once, and it will implode on you, and you will be very dynamically psychic. Wow, now, okay. What happened to my friend was he took his very favorite piece of music. Oh. And on the fourth day, he became aware that the money the the money that had been used to pay for the production was drug money, that the piece of music had been pirated from another composer who had died penniless, and that there were all sorts of terrible things going on with some of the band members. He could never hear that piece of music again with the same joy and enthusiasm he had before. And it took away his love of music because every time he started hearing music, he started knowing things about people that he didn't want to know. Okay. So being psychic, if you really want to go to deeper levels, you have to, like Karen knows, become very compassionate and very non-judgmental. You just have to mm -hmm. see the human condition and, and accept it. Just say, um, it is not mine to judge. And because sometimes you want to get in there and want to fix things, but you can't do that. Um, either it'll shut you down or make you crazy or make you bitter. You, know? you just have to see it for what it is and do the best you can in the moment. Well, I will take that advice because I am kind of the guy who tries to fix everything. So I'll have to, I guess, learn to not do that so much. You know, but I do want to help. So and help people is a good thing. And I, I do like to connect to people. So I will take your advice and I will try this out. And I won't pick my favorite song either. So Yeah, really. You know, I that's a great exercise for somebody like me who relates to um, the world so much through, I'm a musician, and so music is something that's very, I mean, very meaningful to me anyway, and brings me to tears, and, you know, and, and so maybe I already connect to it in that way, and I just didn't realize it. I think maybe that's true, because Isaac Asimov, um, he was a scientist, but he was also a science fiction writer. Mm -hmm. His scientific work, he proved that, in fact, there's a documentary that I'm looking for to try to get a hold of. He proved that sound, color, light, 
all of these different things have the same vibrational frequency. So if you saw the color red, it would always have the vibrational frequency of whatever the color red is. Um, and it would, it would sound a certain way. It would look a certain way. And he proved this all in a laboratory. And it was exact, it was very astounding to see because he had these, these big, um, Oh, I don't even know what they call. They like barrel drums and he put sand in them and then he'd play a note into them and the light color through the spectrum would come out one color and they'd make the same patterns in the sand and they'd make the same sound. It was just a really extraordinary thing, which made me realize that, um, everything is a little different than we perceive it. There was a man in Tacoma by the name of Lloyd Hopkins. He was a scientist and he, he wrote a book called Mindsight, and he actually taught perfectly, uh, totally deaf people um, to hear and totally blind people how to see using their other senses, using Asimov's work. And it was extraordinary because I went to his place one time. He wanted to do some aura research, and so he had the, the box where you put your hand in the glove and they take the photograph um, Corellian photography. Right, yeah. Yeah, and it was really exciting because he wanted to see if psychics had a different uh, level of energy than the average person. That was pretty cool. Um, and he did conclude that psychics did put off more energy and receive the energy better. So that was how he, uh, kind of the total of his. But I went to his um, his studio one time, and he had all these um children that were totally blind and they would throw balls back and forth and and they could tell you what color you held up even though you had to have the same cards you know they were identical cards except the colors and you'd hold them up and the kids could tell and how could they do this they had older kids driving vehicles and staying within the lines he'd take the vehicle put his house walk the kid around in circles a couple of times put him in the vehicle and they could drive Using energy signatures. Wow. Well, I used to be able to take M&Ms and put them in my mouth and tell you the color without being able to see them, but it was a trick because it was the red dye that they used, and it was just the uh, the more red dye they used, the more bitter the piece was. <laughs> but everybody thought I was I was really good. It was my it was my college party trick. <laughs> well, everybody's got to have a little sleight of hand. Yeah, that's right. Cheryl, do we need to take a break? Yes. Okay. So, Teresa, we need to go to break. Um, can you stick around for another 45 minutes or so with us? Yes. Cool. Okay. So we're going to go to break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark on the Hazy Radio Network. We'll be right back. Hey, Hazy Radio. Do you like animated movies and TV shows? Do you ever wonder just what goes into making the magic that appears on your screen? Join Doug Engler and Brandon Ahrens every Sunday night for Animazing Radio. Animazing will feature everything in the animation arena, from voice actors and actresses to illustrators, producers, and more. Only on Animazing Radio will you find the very best in animation from around the world. Catch Animazing Radio every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Babies, you gotta just roll with that flow. Yeah, right into the great daylight as the sun arises right there in your heart. 
starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time and running right into high noon, you've got the Coyote Medicine Show in the mornings with your host, Grandpa Peter Coyote, helping you take flight right into the heart, baby. That's right. You gotta know, you gotta get in the flow. The Coyote Medicine Show, only on the Hazy Radio Network. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for fast. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council.
Hello, this is Patty Valdez with South Sound Paranormal Research, and you're listening to Chucky G and Karen Frazier on Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark on the Hazy Radio Network. Hello, everyone. This is Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. We have returned. I'm your host, Chucky G, along with my co-host, Karen Frazier. We are talking to Teresa Carroll. She's an intuitive counselor, medium, psychic. Um, there's, just, just a, there's a list of stuff for you, isn't there, Teresa? <laughs> yes, so, yes. If I went through all this, we'd be, just be here the whole day just listing all the stuff. So, so we'll just, we're just going to move forward. Um, uh, of course, I still have a billion more questions, but um, I, there was something interesting that you said on break. And I want to ask you about this. You made a statement that you said, not all people become ghosts. So what does that mean? Exactly. Um, in my book, All Spooked Up, I explain it very clearly. And that is is that only about probably 3% of the individuals that die actually become ghosts. So why do they become ghosts? Mm-hmm. They're fractured spirits. So what does it take to fracture your spirit? We all know about the conscious mind, right? The rational, Correct. conscious mind. Well, we also have a subconscious mind, which is really the body's mind. And it it works with the autonomic nervous system. It's the reason we take a breath, our heart beats, uh, our body self-regulates. And it also stores uh, memory. We call it the body memory and people who do um different types of body work, especially massage, will tell you about touching certain areas and getting um, getting a lot of response and memories being triggered back up. We can hurt ourselves and suddenly old memories come flooding up. And then we have another uh, part of our brain, which is called um, the higher conscious, and that's our spiritual connection. Okay. So at the moment of death, what normally happens is the conscious mind has been saying to the memory mind, hey, things aren't going well. I don't know that we're going to make it. I think we're going to be out of here real shortly. And so the subconscious mind is pre- is prepared or knowing that it's going to die. And the thing about the subconscious mind is it's a recording system. It's not... Um, it's not a thinking or cognizant system, and neither is the higher conscious. The higher conscious is an awareness system. So okay. here you've got a memory, you've got a rational side, and then you've got your awareness side. And so what then happens is that in a sudden or unexpected death, the subconscious doesn't get the memo, so it fractures off the higher conscious and conscious move on. And the subconscious is like a television set that is still receiving signals. And now somebody's taking the set away, but the signals are still coming into the location. It doesn't just relives what it remembers. And so the way to know if you've got a ghost is it's not truly aware that it's dead. Now, a lot of paranormal people will say, tell the ghost it's dead. And the ghosts will often agree with them. But if you have someone that's talking to you that's very cognizant, talking about current situations, then they're not a ghost. They're a spirit returned. Okay. Is, or they could be a lot of different paranormal um, 
type of phenomena. But if you have an individual who is still um, reliving his past life, it's almost uh, he doesn't know he died. So you're saying like so wait so you're saying like um, a ghost? There's some connection to like a ghost to like a residual haunting, or something plays over and over, or is it that still a little different? Yes and no. That's a part of it. But it's kind of like um, yourself. Say okay. you walked out of here, got run over, canceled, canceled by the old Mack truck, uh, and you didn't know you were gone, and you became a ghost. Okay. Then tomorrow morning, you would wake up and do exactly what you expect to do. So if you expect to sleep in late and then go visit a friend, or if there's somewhere else you need to be, uh, you'll be up, you'll be doing that, and mm-hmm. you'll be sitting here next Thursday at the same time having the same conversation. You'll just continually do what you always did. So when Karen comes in and she's like, oh, it's so terrible, did you hear about Chuck? And you're sitting right there going, what's with this? But there's no rationalness to say, whoa, something's happened to me. You'll just go back to an old memory of something that might have happened and think, well, why is she still remembering this thing that I told her about last week, last month, last year? Oh, okay. Sounds right. like Bruce, Bruce Willis in the sixth sense, kind of, then. Because he was, yeah. 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 You just keep doing what you do and don't even realize that things have changed. So I... Can I ask a question about that real quickly, Chuck? Yeah, so yeah. we have a spirit, Teresa. You know, we do the museum down here a lot um, with Southbound Paranormal Research. And um, that's right. You were supposed to come in. Your car broke down. <laughs> anyway, so we have a spirit there who has um, who, who's always been pretty active, but he has actually asked us to help him move on. But he wants to do it on a specific date. Is he a spirit or is he a ghost? Um. He may be a suicide. Okay. I know that's kind of strange, but uh, once you start um, working with people who have suicide, what you find is there is no punishment for a suicide. What happens is if you're supposed to die when you're 53, and if an individual, say, Harry, things get too bad, and at 36 he checks out, he throws himself over a cliff, and he dies. He wakes up next day in his own bed, seeing his family grieving. But he's conscious now. He's not like a ghost. He's not coming from memory. All three levels of his consciousness are intact. And he perceives how they feel. He realizes when his daughter gets married, he can't walk her down the aisle. And he is locked into his life until his natural death time, which would be 53 years of age. Now, Mm. what will happen is he won't have the physical suffering, um, but it's just like he's destroyed his his vehicle is all. But he's Mm -hmm. still... So he's going to be around. He's going to be looking at different situations and learning through what happens. The nice thing is his guides and the angels, you might call them, 
are able to interact with him and kind of point things out, kind of talk to him as he goes along and say, you know, look at how you might have dealt with this. Look at what difference you did make. Look at how people felt about you and what could you have done different. So he still gets to live his life, but kind of incognito. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and it's like, and there's a question from Bob in here. He says, do some spirits stay around because they're afraid to be judged? Yes, that's that's another thing, because um, when we die, there's several steps or phases to death, and... um, I want to I want to make an aside because this is so funny that Karen brought up that I didn't make it down to the museum because my <laughs> this morning the same car broke down again. Oh, you're kidding me! It's me. No, no. Oh my god! I, it was like I was laughing about that. I thought this is such a coincidence. Is this serendipity? <laughs> Uh, well, at least you got it fixed and it ran for a little while longer, huh, before it broke again. Gosh, I hope it's not me. Well, Patty's the one who wanted you to come on the show, so I would like you to blame her if you decided it's me. Well, I, I wanted you on the show, too. <laughs> and the no blame, no shame. But back to Bob's question. Mm-hmm. Um, when we die, the very first thing that happens is we experience what we expect to experience. So, you know, uh, people get really uptight when they hear that certain cultures believe that they're going to be rewarded by a thousand virgins or this or that. Uh, If that's what you, if you think you're going to see baby Jesus, you're going to see baby Jesus. If you think grandma's going to be there, grandma will be there. If you think that the hosts of heavens are going to sing hallelujah and escort you, St. Peter gets worn out running back and forth to the gates because he's expected there. But when we transition, whatever we expect manifests. And that goes into the metaphysical understanding of the power of manifestation. In other words, our reality, if you study the Kabbalion at all, will teach us that this reality is mentalism. And so in order to manifest, we just hold an idea or a value and then go on as if it's a truth and it will eventually manifest. And the stronger our energy and the less we disrupt that, the more we make ourselves right. And so when we no longer have the restriction of the physical body and the ego, what we think we will see, we instantly manifest. And so if a person... Fear is that they're going to be judged, that something terrible, they will hold themselves back. They will avoid. Now, my grandmother, um, when she died, I couldn't find her. Mm-hmm. And she died in 1998. And we're just now finding my grandmother. And what happened was she believed that she would go to purgatory. Oh, and so she was there. She was there. And she also believed that it would take seven years of prayers to get her out. Oh. So I have been praying my my lips off. <laughs> and, you know, it's like she's just started coming out of there, and I've had her in prayer circles just because that was her belief system. Wow. So, in other words, she manifested that she would be gone for those seven years till the prayers were then done, and then that's when she reappeared is what you're saying? 
She's starting to come back, yes. Okay. See, that's so, like what we were talking about with your news today, Chuck, with the, the priest who went and yes. saw God as a woman. Exactly, that's, yeah. I, he must have believed somewhere mm-hmm. in his heart of hearts that that was what was real. Well then, I gotta I gotta think real positive when I die, you know, something really good. So <laughs> that's why I say that's why I do affirmations and visualization every single day because I because you know it's it's Tracy, you're talking about manifestation and how the thoughts we have that are counter to the things we're trying to manifest really delay them, and um, that's the hardest thing is to learn how to have some kind of control over those thoughts and immediately turn them into something positive. Well, there's a wonderful piece of work by uh, an author who has passed away now. Her name is uh, Florence Shovel Chin, S-H-I-N-N, and she calls it the game of life. And her her teachings are very kind of Christian-based, so they don't offend very many people. Most people can get into them and follow with them, but they're delightful because she just tells you to get really clear. She has a few understandings of how to do this, speak the word, and then just move on. And whenever you have doubts, you cast them to the Christ within and go free to prepare. And she calls it digging ditches or buying blankets, that if you... If you decide you want um, a new set of dishes, you pull out your uh, flatware and clean it up, or you set you lay out your tablecloth and you admire how those dishes are going to look on the table. You just move on as if it's already ready coming. You've already got the memo, and it's just a matter of days. And I have had extraordinary luck with her technique. It really works. Yeah, it's very metaphysical for a Christian-based um christian-based book yes it is yeah i was really surprised um she's very but then she wrote i think back in the 50s and so i think she had to be very careful of her audience Mm -hmm. um but she was she's delightful um the way she writes is very upbeat very positive and she gives real clear guidance The Unity Church is similar to that because it's a Christian-based church, but it's a very, I mean, it's like a, a very metaphysical approach, too. Very similar to what it sounds like you're describing with her. I wonder if she was part of the Unity movement at the time or something. I don't know. I, I didn't do much research on her background. I read her books kind of pre-internet. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of Google, Googling. Yeah. <laughs> You actually had to go to the library back then. <laughs> yes, and I'm I'm good at that. I still go to the library at least twice a month. Yay. Wow. <laughs> I'm a in fact I have a lending library, so if anybody needs any books, I do have books to lend at my library on metaphysics and spiritual wellness. So cool. Yeah. cool. Well, I like this question that, that Bree put in here because this is interesting. It says, I'd like to hear about agnostic experiences. Like, if they don't know what to expect exactly, then what do they experience? If they don't have a pre-thought, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, when you die? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, when you die. Yeah, if they don't have any, you know, preconceived notions or anything, or, you know, what happens to them? Well, I think that's going to be very rare, don't you think? I think um, everybody has some kind of preconceived notion, even if it's just that uh, there's nothing, there's not going to be anything. I'm going to take yeah. a dirt nap and I'm going to go to sleep and that's it. Well, God, that'd be terrible. And I'd be all like dark and black and nothing there. Ah, I don't know. I like sleeping. But there's a redemption there. 
you you go through what you expect until you another thought comes of okay what happens next so eventually a thought would surface of oh, is this all there is and then of course it would shift everything you break ah, okay all right i yeah. like that that's cool i was gonna say because that'd be like so Good sad answer. you know what i mean that they just go to black and are like okay this is it forever now great wonderful why couldn't i have thought like something cool you know um but yeah and then when you is that the same for like is it kind of fit the same as like when we jump back to when we were talking about not uh, people are become ghosts, but the ones that do, um, do they ever, does it ever change? Do they ever, is there ever any realization, Hey, I am gone now and I need to move to something else. Does that the same there too, or no, but there's a lot of outreach for them and they're very easy to move to the other side. Okay. Because the conscious mind and the higher conscious mind, understand that they're missing a part of themselves and they're they're trying to make that reconnection and so what happens normally is that someone uh, like Karen or myself would encounter them maybe an old minister of, of, of a different culture and would then what we call exercise them or clear them and basically we by having a conversation um, with them that not that so much to say you're dead um, that goes over like a load of brooks sometimes because yeah. can you imagine if I came up to you and said you're dead I'd be like you yeah right <laughs> you'd either think Silly woman. or you would think I was threatening you you're dead yeah, yeah true. I think that I had a mental health problem and was I was I going to do something that might end up with your death so um, and I had that happen at the Meeker Mansion one time I was there and there was a seance and the gal was yelling at this ghost that didn't he know he was dead, he was dead. And he, he mumbled that his, um, his old aunt was not taking enough of her medication. So he thought it was a mental health issue and, and he just said, yes, auntie, yes, auntie, mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. So um, to yell at a ghost or to tell them something, again, they're not going to rationalize or reason, so they're not going to know because that's not the consciousness that's still behind. So what you have to do is you have to trick them by memory. You just have to say, someone's calling you. Normally they'll give you a name of who they expect to call, and then you say, yes, look, and they look, and there they'll find a spirit guide, an angel, doing a wonderful imitation of that individual. Or if that individual's already passed over, that individual will be there. Mm -hmm. And come on, the light opens, they go through the light, and it's just like, and it happens immediately. Well, that's a really, that's a really nice thing to know, too. And, and do like when some people when some people are ghosts or whatever do they do they stay back to give messages or maybe they, they there was something they wanted to say and they didn't get a chance to say it or is that more like a spirit where they've kind of crossed over when they're coming back and they they're they're, they're noticing what's going on in someone's life and then they're going to try to tell them something to kind of guide them like a guide or something or oh that's a really good point those are not Ghosts. Those are normally um, spirits that either sometimes a mother who has died and she has a child and she just she'll choose not to pass over. She'll hold on until she's sure that child is safe or can 
do without her. Mm-hmm. Uh, other times, individuals will pass over, they'll go through complete transition and come back to be a companion to the loved ones. And that is the more um, dominant thing. In fact, I would say probably uh, parents that die prematurely, probably 90% of them come back and spend the rest of at least through the adolescent years with their child and then will touch back and forth throughout their adult life when they're in crisis. Mm-hmm. So Chuck, are you thinking about Al and your visits from Al? Is that kind yeah. of where you were going with that? Yeah, well, yeah, because I was going into the next thing was going to... Uh, wait, it's like you're psychic, Karen. Oh, it's I like, know. Oh, gosh, it's so crazy. Fair. It's like, well, I was kind of like leaning into then, then the, my next question was going to be guides. You know, like I hear that you know, we, like I'm told I have several guides and I do know they're there. Like my dad's there. Uh, my friend Al's there. Uh, there's some lady named Mary, which I've never met. She says she's part of my family from uh, my biological family. But and, and they all step in and back and forth depending on the situation as needed, I guess. So um, and do do all. Do all people's guides? Do they, they they are they all like chosen for them, or do the guides choose themselves, or is it a little mixture of both? Or what, what's your what's your take on that? Um, I would say pretty much all of that, but mostly we get loyal to someone. Say you and Karen have this great relationship going on as um, co-workers for a period of time, and one of you checks out. And the other one checks out and you meet each other on the other side and say, hey, you know, that was fun. Next time, um, let's work together. And you say, I'm not going back. So you might be her guide to help her, to encourage her, especially in her work. Oh. And maybe help reset the stage, break back old feelings, help catalyze her and work with her on her career. So she wants to go on to greater things and you're kind of on the other side, coaching, um, helping, being who you've been in this position, but maybe taking it a little bit further. Other times it's family members, um, often grandmothers, um, aunts and such will come back and just be there for the entire family. Uh, we all have angelic existence, which is really interesting because when you study some of the different religions, you'll find that there's I have not yet found a religion that does not have a belief in angels of some form. Okay. And so there's angelic helpers, and they're of a kind of a different side. And then there's human helpers, the people that really just want to help other people, humanity in general. And then there's also individuals that are family or friends that just want to stay connected, but they didn't want to be born or come back again. So Bob in chat has a question. He's full of good questions tonight. He says, <laughs> I'm going to read it to you verbatim because I, I, I can't remember it long enough to, uh, to summarize. <laughs> there are theories that we get to, there are theories that we get to decide how much of our spirit incarnates and what stays on the other side. Do you believe the greater the spirit we bring, the more psych we are? And you know, really quickly, I will tell you that, um, Teresa, I did a life between lives regression session and was rather shocked to find that I had only brought 15% of myself with me, but I've always had um, like energy problems with anemia and things throughout my life. So is there any validity to what Bob is asking you? I mean, is that something that, that happens? Well, I have 
I have to kind of regroup my thinking to give you a, an answer that makes sense. And, mm-hmm. and basically, I would say um, everything is probable that I don't know that any one of us knows it all or has experienced it all. Um, like Chuck says, I have a lot of background, but this has been my full-time profession for 30 years. As of right. April 1st, it'll be 30 years and I study with different people in different cultures. I've been to 29 countries. And so I spend a lot of time. And what I find is there's a lot of individuals who believe in reincarnation in a different way. They believe in it as parallel lives or simultaneous lives. Mm-hmm. And in that idea, that would mean you couldn't be 100% here. There would only mm-hmm. be a of who you are here. So I feel like it is a probability. I can only talk from my own experience and from what I've read from other authors. And I know for a fact from my own experiences that I have consciousnesses of other people, other times, other their experiences. And there's no doubt in my mind that those aren't legitimate. So um, whether that's because I'm living those lives here and now at the same time or whether I, I did them at another point. One thing I do know is that when I do readings, past life readings, I find that sometimes people will ask me about their last life. It'll be like 2085, and it's like, wait yeah. a minute, how, how could that happen? Well, but that makes sense to me because if, I mean, if you, if you don't conceptualize time as linear, but if you conceptualize everything as happening right now, then of course we're living every one of them simultaneously. So you would be able to see a future life, right? Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that it's like if you're walking down, down the river, you're walking, um, you're walking down the river, you'll see things in sequential order. But if you're up in the space shuttle looking down at the river, it's all there simultaneously. And so if it's simultaneous, you can drop in at any point. So you don't have to do it sequentially. You can go back and forth and just drop down from that position. And so I do feel like in some level there is um, there is some truth to simultaneous lives. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a lot of clarity on that. I just have awarenesses that this here and now is not all there is because I I go through that veil. I see on the other side. I see other realities. And so my experience preempts any belief system that anybody can try to preach to me. And, you know. Well, I'm just, I'm just, my mind is kind of like. <laughs> My mind just kind of went poof. At, at some point back there, I just kind of like, what are you guys I saw about? the look cross like, your face. I was like, I'm like gridlocked, and that's very unusual for me. But I was like, I, I lost it when you guys were talking about um, uh, before Bob, you know, just totally stupefied us all here. I was like confused about. Like when when you come back, I'm, I'm like Karen said, I'm only fifteen percent. Like whoa, 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 whoa. So I don't, I, I'm confused to so try to straighten this out for me. So like I go to the other side and then I come back. Don't I come back as a whole back and forth? Oh, you're hearing oh, oh, oh. on the other side at the same time. That's your higher self is still on the other side. Isn't that, is that what you think, Teresa? I try not to think too much. 
Come on, Teresa, I need your help. <laughs> Think of it this way. Take an egg carton that maybe it's a two dozen egg carton, okay? Okay. Egg right. And you've decided that um, those 24 slots are going to contain the total sum of experiences you can have. And so you start and you think, ah, oh, sexuality. So you put male, female, um, oh, I'm going to be a monk in this life, so no sex, lots of sex, you know, kinky sex, um, female that's interested in in um, men, female that's interested in women, bisexual, and you just go through until you've got every combination you can in those 24 traits. Then, <laughs> then you go back and you decide uh, race, that sometimes you're going to be uh, African-American, sometimes you're going to be uh, Hindu and Russian, and you just sprinkle that. Then location, and then hair color, eye short and tall, fat and wide, and then life experiences, poor, rich, um, intellectual, whatever, and you put that all in there. Mm-hmm. And, and and so while you're focusing on one little section, you've got this character in there that is like this um, Hindu um, erotic sex partner with um, that's very tall, that lives in the south of France. You, you know, you can just get it as convoluted as you want because it's yours to create. You can make it any way you want. And so while you're looking at each individual one, that's just one life. You're just focused there. But if you turn it on and put it upside down like a hat, it's all of who you are. It's you completely. But you've become diversified in so many ways, in so many experiences. Because you have to ask yourself, what is life? Mm -hmm. And life is truly... An experiential journey and the one thing that we know that we have in this reality is choice. Always choice. And people will say they don't choose, but when we kind of go back into the void, we see that we did make those choices. Well, and that makes a lot, that makes total sense now you said that, though I feel like I need to take a cold shower. I don't know why. But uh <laughs> but yeah, I mean it, it does it does it, it makes sense, but I've never looked at it that way, you know. I always looked as hey, you just I'm one I'm I'm a soul, I go from here, I go back here, I go here, I go back here. So I never thought of like splitting myself up, you know what I mean? But I guess that makes sense because you know when you're talking about where Karen was talking about, you know, um there's no real time, you know, like we make time, you know, to 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 be able to gauge what we're doing in our lives. But, you know, if all things are at the same time, we can be in all three places at the same time or all four places or whatever. So I guess that does make sense. Yeah. Well, and if you kind of look at it this way, we are all cells in a tissue, in an organ, within a system, within a larger body that contains other systems organs, yeah. tissues, and cells, then why couldn't we be a multiplicity of cells and whether we call ourselves a certain tissue, why couldn't we be that complete, uh, coherent grouping of cells in that tissue? Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot, and you know, and I, we have only so much time left, but I, I, I'd like to touch on 
what your book All Spooked Up is about. Can we uh, can we kind of give an idea of, I mean, without giving too much away, but can you give us an idea of what it's about, what we might find if we were to open this beautiful book and read it? Well, thank you for that. Um, All Spooked Up is about myself as a teacher. I've, like I said, I've been in this field for 30 years, but one of the things I do is I teach everything I learn and experience. I teach to others and help them develop their intuitive. And so one of the things I do is I capitalize on every experience to help my students experience ghosts. Mm-hmm. So in 2006, um, I purchased the house I now live in. And when I moved into it, I had a ghost. So instead of clearing it, I decided that I would allow my students to come in and experience the ghost and that I would eventually clear it um, out of respect for myself and the ghost because it's not fun to live with a ghost. And so the book is about that experience of teaching the class, helping people understand what a ghost is, and then actually the students that came in and, and cleared the ghost. So kind of a start to finish, there's a ghost in the house, this is what you're experiencing, and this is what you go through to let it go. And then it's um, at the back of it, there are six individual true life ghost stories from the Tacoma area. Ooh, well, see, I like that. Like well, that. It's, it's interesting because they're all ghost stories, but some of them are a little bit, and maybe that's what the girl says, scary, because one of them is about um, a, a situation that was very life-threatening. Well, two of them were about life-threatening situations for myself, and another one was about, um, uh, I guess we would call it a, earth spirit or a diva that was there instead so i try to help people look at that just because somebody calls in a ghost there probably is a ghost somewhere around but more than likely there's other phenomena and if you overlook that you're going to have a continuance of the situation so how do you tell the difference between whether it's it's what you're defining as a ghost or something else well Honestly, I think that most of us that have gone out a couple of times, the first couple of times we sense there's something there, but little by little we we develop discernment through the experience. And uh, normally if there is some level of being able to have a conversation or see an individual, you normally know it's a ghost, especially if they don't come to you in a way where you know they're a, a cognizant spirit. If... if um, Somebody who's suicide, and I've read, that's how I've learned about suicides. Several of the suicides just came forward and said, killed myself here, and uh, I lost my body, but here I am. I still am here, you know, and we talk about it as if you and I are having a conversation and what they've learned from their guides and angels. And then other individuals, um, other things you'll see, like you felt the vortex that we went through. You begin to see it and feel it and sense it. Um, then the divas and such, they often will do things like they'll take and flip a leaf. So you'll be in a room, there's no breeze in the room, and one leaf on a plant will be waving at you. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Um, sometimes you'll open a door and there's a face with eyes staring out of the, the woodwork or the wood grain 
and that tells you there's probably a tree spirit in the house. Um, there's just little indicators that that kind of pop out at you. Sometimes there's like dimensional shifts where it's almost like two railroad tracks don't line up and energy will come to one level and then shift and start at another level. And what that phenomenon is, I'm not sure of, but I find it from time to time. And you just have to treat it or to use a cure instead of trying to explain it. Uh, it doesn't harm anyone, but it does exist. And mm. it, it causes uh, confusion. And, and people like to get all spooked up. <laughs> and that's interesting too because i know that when you were saying like about the leaves moving and you know like seeing the eyes on in the wood grain and stuff like that uh my friend kalina who's from canada she's a psychic and she she speaks to them as she calls them guardians and she says that they'll leave you messages whether it's a, a feather or a, a leaf falling down it spells the letter c or whatever there's always there's a lot more to read into things that are happening around you you just need to be able to pay attention to them Exactly. And normally, we're part of a natural reality. Most things will not hurt us. If, they, if they're if they aggressive or predatory, they're not stalking us. We're too crazy. We're too chaotic and dirty. If they're uh, looking, normally they're just helpful things like the fairies and the, the other energy sources. And People either totally believe in them or think they're pretend, but a lot of them come through the dimensional doorways. In fact, for years, I've been following Sasquatches and, and finding places where they've gone through the dimensional doorways. And now recently, a friend came to me and said, oh, did you see this article? So now I have to go find the article. But apparently, apparent, uh, a lot of documentation is coming through that they're beginning to accept that that maybe beings are coming through dimensional doorways and that unicorns and fairies and leprechauns come through. I know the Incas, the story is, is they just walked out of the mountains, um, cold mountains. They came out in, in pretty much their birthday suits and a few little wrappings. They stayed for a thousand years. At the end of a thousand years, they dropped everything, didn't take anything, stripped off their clothes, walked back up in the mountains. Now, where did they go, and why would they do that? The legends say that the door opened, they came through, and they knew at the time the door opened again, those who chose to could return. Wow. So you go to Peru and you see the architectural marvels and the horticultural marvels that they're just now starting to catch up with today. You wonder where these people did come from. Yeah. So, Teresa, we have come to the point of our show that we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion Corner. Um, people have been really interested. We're getting overwhelming response in our chat room saying that they want you back on the show and they'd like to learn more about you. So can you give them information about where they can learn more about you, find your book, find out about your classes, that type of thing? My name is Teresa Carroll, no H. And so my website is www.teresacarol. Dot com. So if they go there, they'll find a lot of information about me. Just Google my name. It comes up on a, di- a lot of different websites, but mostly um, Crystal Voyage in Tacoma, Washington, or my personal um, website. I work full-time out of my home. I teach classes. Also, um, 
my book is available on Amazon, all spooked up. It's also um, available in some of the local bookstores. Just ask a lot of the people area. So it's pretty easy to find. I've got my new book is at the publisher, um, Balboa Pickress, and I'm hoping to release it um, at least by the end of the summer. So, And that's going Thanks. to be about... Uh, a young person coming into spiritual and psychic development and kind of talking about the first stages of psychic development. So what's that one called, Teresa? Haven't quite knocked the title down. It's something like coming of the light or uh, awakening to the light. It's when we start seeing dimensionally and we Mm -hmm. see it as uh, lines of light, sparks of light, that dimensional portals, those white lights, sometimes they look like little orbs and other times they look like um, energy fields around us and, and how how most young people initially experience psychic phenomena but are often told that it's their imagination. Yeah. <laughs> imagination is how the soul sees and there is no thing as imagination to the shaman. I've studied shamanism in about 28 different cultures, and imagination is the ability of the soul to tell you what else exists beyond your ability to grasp. I love that. That's fantastic. Imagination is how the soul sees. That's perfect. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, so Teresa... um, I hope that you'll come back on soon, and especially when your book comes out. But like I say, people in our chat room are essentially saying have her back on and soon. I think we just barely scratched the surface with you and, and all of the things that we could talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, would you would you be willing to come back? Oh, I'd love to. I was going to ask you, are are both of you going to be down in Oregon next in April? Or? I am, but Chuck's in, Chuck's in uh, Illinois. <laughs> 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 so yeah Chuck's in Chicago so I'll be but I'll be there yeah Patty and I are speaking about our new book we'll make sure you get a copy I would love that that'd be yeah. great yeah so we'll see you in April because you're going to be there right that's the plan I the last three times I've tried it's to get not there. been well no I've had some opportunities so I've decided I'm going to make it this time for sure yeah I, th- I, I, I say I'm sorry, I was just saying, I say don't take a car, just get a bus or something. You no, know. well, the first year that she was there, was it the first year that you got so sick? No, that second. was the second year. The second year you were really, really sick, and you didn't even, you couldn't even come for, like, most of Saturday and Sunday, right? I was, I, I think I got uh, food poisoning. I was in the yeah. That'll do it. I know. So, so hopefully this time you'll be there, and you'll get to be there the whole time, and we'll get to visit. It will be a lot of fun. It will be awesome. Oh, right. and I have one more um, uh-huh. note for you. You talked about God being female. Yeah. You made a comment about that. Yeah. I did study the Bible before King James got to it, and there are more illusions to God as a female than a male. But when King James came along, he decided that that was just a cultural error thing, and so he <laughs> translated it all to God in the name. Down so, with the patriarchy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's Ch- Chuck and his, he does news at the top of the show, and one of his news stories was that a priest who had, had died and, and been brought back um, 
he went and saw God was a female. So the uh, Catholic Church is very much trying to quash that right now. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. Oh, so Teresa, it's been great to talk to you. I hope that we will see you soon. And um, I'll have Cheryl get back in touch. Cheryl, get back in touch, please, so that we can get her back on. They're begging for her in the chat room. Yeah, thanks, well, Teresa. Welcome. Have Thank a you. have a wonderful time, and and remember, don't get yourself all spooked up. <laughs> thanks well, Teresa have thanks. a great evening we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and thanks Patty for, for recommending it yes. yeah I was going to say thank you Patty <laughs> <laughs> good night good, good night, night. alright you guys Teresa Carroll it's T-E-R-E-S-A C-A-R-O-L dot com she said right dot com yes yeah dot yeah, com uh, and check out her book All Spooked Up uh, she is great, and we would love to have her back on the show. So, Cheryl, can you turn on your microphone? Dun, yes, dun, dun, it is dun, dun, dun. So, Chuck, has your mind settled down? Are you less? Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little less, but I still. I'm still thinking about those sexy eggs. I'll tell you right. You're now. gonna lay awake tonight. You're just <laughs> like me when we have the alien shows. When I lay awake and stare at this, and then you're gonna lay awake, but you're not. It's yours is gonna be fear. Yours is gonna be like, wait now, what? <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of like, at one point I was like, I, I'm i just like, I'm lost here. I saw the look across your face. I'm not going to lie. I was like, ooh, we just lost yeah. Chuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll bring him back into the You're good. <laughs> I got it. It's pretty deep stuff. So, Cheryl, um, what do we have coming up? Uh, March 5th, we have lead investigator and president of Lone Star Spirits Paranormal in- Investigations, Peter James Haviland, and he is a returning guest. We spoke to him uh, quite some time ago and looking forward to continuing that conversation with him. He is also an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I love those shows. Those are fun. Yeah, so uh, come back next week. and we. I say that every week, don't I, Chuck? Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then we have um, on the... 13th is that no uh, the on, on March 12th we are also welcoming back Nancy Laporta medium yeah. spiritualist and advisor and I'm probably not going to be able to make that show no and who else are we who else are we having on the show besides Nancy uh, why don't you tell us about that Chuck that would be Kalina Smith my BFF She's also going to be on. We're going to pull them both in, and I'm just going to. They're just. They're just going to jump me. Is what's going. It's going to be, gonna be really good. It's going to be good folks, for you. Yeah. So uh, what's going to happen is if I actually make it home in time, um, I'll I'll come on too, and I'm uh, I'll be with I'll be with Patty and um oh, and God. William Becker and Jay Verberg. So I may bring them all back to the house and make them come on and talk to you too. You just <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a gang up. I'm just gonna gang up. I'll be in the corner cowering. Go, leave me alone. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh no, it'll be cool. Oh, You'll be good. My God. Uh, okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I forget, I just have to mention that at the next, at the last break, it was Corey Roberts' the song "Tree." I forgot to mention. <gasps> oh it, so. yeah, we were so we were so excited yeah. to get back to talking I with was. Teresa because we had questions. Yes. Mostly you. Mostly yeah. you had questions. <laughs> I wanted me. you to have. I wanted you to have your questions though. Well, thank I, you. You know, I like your questions. They're good. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, you're, yes, you're welcome. Well, thank you, thank you very much. You're going to ever look at a carton of eggs the same way, Chuck? <laughs> no, I, I won't be able to have eggs for breakfast anymore. 
Oh, I think you'll be fine. It'll be all right. I'll be like, I I'll be like ooh, look at that egg. Let me take it out. And my wife will come down and go, why are you caressing the eggs? <laughs> this is the I'll go, leave Hindu. me alone. This is the tall Hindu guy yes. from the, the south like, <laughs> of France. Who's into the car <laughs> This is this is the monk guy. I'm trying to help him right now. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> Come down and catch a plane with your huevos. Oh my God! You know the no more radio shows for you, pal. Put the eggs back in the fridge. Oh no! I thought that that actually was a really good example because it oh. it, 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 it clarified it just fine. So Cheryl, um, what's up with the Meg? Anything to talk yeah. about? Uh, yes, our 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 fabulous magazine. <laughs> Uh, Paranormal Underground magazine is online at paranormalunderground.net. Our February issue is our latest issue. Check it out now. Um, now. Now. Right now. This very second. Right you must check it out. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, Chuck has a very interesting article in there. And um, When is it? It's it's about... Chuck, tell us about it. Well, it, it's, it's about a story that Karen turned me <gasps> oh, on. Oh, is it the Gifford Pinchot one? Yes, and I and I and I started reading it, and as I was reading it, and I don't want to say too much about it, but I saw a connection between that and guides. I just that's all I'm going to say. I saw there was that, and I was like, "Wow, this is very interesting." So I went further with it. I just kind of gave my own take on what I think uh, I was reading. You know what what my thought process was on it. So very interesting. Like Very it. good. Well, I haven't actually looked at the magazine yet because I've been so busy, but I'll have to take a look at it. I am not in it this month because I, alas, did not get articles in in time and because of, you know, my health stuff. So, um, and I'm probably not going to be in March either because then I had to catch up with all my work because of my health stuff. So I think, haven't I missed the March deadline as well, Cheryl? You have, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, so I still have time to get it to you. If, you, if you wanted to, you could still make the March issue, I'll even though see you, if I you can try the because you know. Yeah, because I'm 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 right in the same boat with you on that one because I haven't done February it. February goes by. Like I have I know. Well, I have it like halfway, and then all this stuff happens, and it's like, uh, and I'm trying to write about um my my awakening, my psychic awakening and stuff. So I'm trying to put oh, together something good. So for your book or for the magazine? Well, for the magazine. So I'm like hoping that you know, I'm hoping I'm able to get it in for the March one. I I, I hate to skip. I hate to skip issues. I Cheryl have. Like, I have something issues. already from you for March, Chuck. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, you did. You did a review. You remember the uh, oh, oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> so you're you're better than me. If I can if I can get something written this weekend, Holy. I actually may have time. I have some oh, on Saturday, good. but Sunday I may have time. Yay. And Jim's working, so I'll see you. I'll try. Sweet. And, and Cheryl and Cheryl, next time I, I, I'm going that far, just say shut up, Chuck, you got it covered, man. Just <laughs> shut up. You got it. This concludes the meeting for Paranormal Underground magazine. Thank you to our listeners for listening to our business meeting. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I forgot. I like, I, I start honking them all in there. Is that a word, honking? I honk them uh, all sure, in there. like you do it with your horn. <laughs> if you're in the car, I honk them all in there, folks. You see, and I give all the Cheryl, and I forget I give her like fifty million of them, and then uh, I'm like, I'm behind, and she'll go, uh, no, Chuck, you're good for like four months. I'm like, well, see, oh. but that's what I gave her a whole bunch in advance, and then they ran out. Yeah. So really, yeah, I've been right much recently. <laughs> At least so, not for paranormal underground. 
It's like drugs, folks. After a while, you just I run know, out. I know. I know. Okay, so here's the deal. It is time, guys. We need to uh, make this a wrap so that we can be off the air for the next show. Hey, I understand that, um, just real quickly, that Dave Burke is coming back to the to with Paradigm Shift Radio to Hazy. Yay. So check out the schedule there because his show is great and Dave's a great guy and um, he's been in our chat room a lot. So mm-hmm. I think it's on Friday nights. And yes. um, I think it's nine o'clock Eastern, but don't don't quote me on that. Keep watching for the radio schedule because it'll be great to have Dave back. Um, and of course, come back next week for Rick's show, which is at six o'clock uh, Pacific and nine o'clock Eastern. And then please stick around for Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with Chucky G and me, Karen Frazier. And that will be from 7 to 9 p.m. Pacific, which makes it 10 to midnight Eastern. Hey, look at that. Other times in the flyover states. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the dark with Chucky G and me, Karen Frazier, on the Hazy Radio Network. You guys have a great evening. Power to the eggs, man. Power to the eggs. If you'd like to be a guest on Underground Radio in the dark, Email us at editor at paranormalunderground.net. And until next week, remember this. If something looks out of place or doesn't feel quite right, it could just be something 